I'm just kidding. I'm not ready. Guys, let's stop. All right. Scrap this one. We're starting over. Wait, no, I lied. April Fool's. Dude. <laughs> Coming out halfway through April. <laughs> April Fool's. Well, it technically we're recording this on April 11th. So April 1-1. So it's double the April Fool's. Double April Fool's. Also, they don't say April 1st Fool's. They say April Fool's. So the whole month you're supposed to be silly. Ooh, I like that. I li- That's the reframing we need. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, April really needs to rebrand. Mm-hmm. No more of this April showers shit. Now it's the silly month. Yeah, that was the excuse I made when I put all those thumbtacks in my teacher's desk on April 15th. Was that she'd be showering blood out of her... <laughs> Uh, took us my anus is bleeding <laughs> um well with uh, that wow. hello and welcome back for the tough cut podcast and i'm matthew i'm alex i'm jakers jakers wow um and this is episode 102 part two of our alex bracket hey nice hey april fool's more like 100 and poo that was pretty good that was a pretty good one. That was pre- I, Dude, you got to give you. him credit. Come on, Matthew. You got to give him. It's his. It's, <laughs> Matthew, it's his bracket. It's his. Like, you got to get. It's his bracket. It's seeing as we are marked as a comedy podcast <laughs> on all of your favorite podcasting <laughs> platforms. I'll say that explicit. that was a explicit. We are an explicit joke. comedy podcast <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, don't don't share with the kids can we can we release like a like joke podcast that's like the the not tough but the the, the joke cut? rogan the, the joke <laughs> rogan podcast the weedy cut where we are like not an explicit <laughs> podcast like we only say like poo poo pee pee for like five hours see if it lands <laughs> okay you get recording that this <laughs> yeah. this weekend five okay. hours of poo poo pee pee and we'll see how it goes <laughs> i bring the pitches to the tough cut <laughs> Just the pitches, not the ideas that make it, but the pitches. Coming at you in today's episode, we've got TMNT 1990 versus Kung Pao Enter the Fist. And then in the second half of the bracket, we've got Princess Bride. In the second half of the bracket, we've got Princess Bride versus (laughs) What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, what we do in the shadows. So um, if you listen to our last episode, you definitely heard Matt say Seven Days in Hell. Um, and that's because originally that's the movie I picked. And then I watched it and I was like, hey, this is not what I remember it being. Uh, so I switched. What else do we call up before we get into the get in the show, boys? Oh, just spoilers, I guess. But they don't they don't care about getting these movies spoiled. Look at them. We could see our audience. This is actually one of the rare episodes where we have a live studio audience and we asked them before like do they care about spoilers and uh matthew they they said no right no but yeah that's because we we actually sat them through a screening of um kung pao enter the fist three Mm -hmm. times in a row Mm -hmm. um by the end their brains had melted (laughs) speaking of kung pao enter the fist (laughs) it's the funniest we've ever been boys Uh, silly month. I took improv classes for this for this episode, actually. So I, I think I know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> yes, and uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist, Alex. Kung Pao Enter the Ver- Fist versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990. Kung Pao Enter the Fist is a movie released in 2002, directed by Steve Odekirk. They took a 1976 Hong Kong karate movie called Savage Killers and then filmed... Steve Odekirk over it in front of a green screen and green screened him into the movie 
quote from Google, seamlessly. <laughs> that is awesome that they say that, by the way. That is awesome that they say that. Yeah. It's your um, movie. They, uh, I honestly have a great time with this movie. I watch, well, okay. Have a, you guys, I'm sure, have some context here because we've watched this movie together at least once. Um, yes. But why do you think I put this movie in this bracket? So I'll be straight up with you. Thank God. <laughs> We're getting straight up Matthew today. I was I'll really worried. S- sideways with you. <laughs> no, not sideways, Matt. No. <laughs> no, he's getting silly. The, f- the first time we watched this, dude. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I, I do not remember it very well. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You got. I like you kept chanting the name and I'm like hanging out and i'm just like all right dude was that did we have calzones then or was that yeah that was calzones that was calzones um, oh, yeah those we, calzones we had good. we had a uh, partied that day and uh, started a, a little bit of drinking at uh, what approximately eight or seven or eight in the morning yeah <laughs> several jugs of daiquiris if they give us on an invite to say <laughs> party starts at 7 a.m. Matthew and I are nothing but punctual bitches. We had planned outfits. We had everything. Right there. It's our friend's house. You know, our good friend's house. We're going to show up early, if not yeah, you on guys, time. You crushed it. You were the life of that party. You showed up and you were ready to party. And that's what we needed. In, on the I app. just will never forget opening the door of that party. And there's sounds of a vacuum going. Mm. There's sounds of like, people getting ready and getting dressed. And they're like, what are you guys doing? doing in here. <laughs> yeah so that's how the day started and we watched this movie what approximately like 14 hours later <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i remember very little of it i went to work that day <laughs> you, you i remember that not <laughs> your only time showing up to work drunk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dear future employers who possibly listen to this episode uh remember this is a comedy podcast it's all jokes yeah yeah silly month yeah <laughs> um anyway so why you like this movie um i don't know parodies are fun <laughs> it's unique so I, I i will say like it is a creatively unique film and you're a creative guy mm-hmm. yeah i i i, I, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm I have a selfish reason, personally. I think that you picked this one because it's the movie that can confirm that you've seen with both of us together, and you love us so much, and we're your only friends in your whole wide world, and you wanted to really impress us by saying, we remember this. So. I don't like your pause. I watched this movie with my brother and my dad when I was a small child. Mm. Didn't realize that they had taken like a Hong Kong karate film and green screened this guy into it. I just remember <laughs> thinking it was funny. There were a lot of bits that my brother and I repeated. The same way that Jake has things from Surf's Up and the Muppets that he just says. A lot of the things that my brother and I say come from this movie. And like we didn't realize came from the movie. The reason it has become such a sticking point for me is that freshman year of college uh, during Mardi Gras one night I was so tired and so drunk and my roommate at the time Perry was like, Hey, 
we're we just got back from a parade let's do something and i was like you know what i don't want to do watch this movie and then we did (laughs) and it became a tradition that whenever we are too drunk and too tired and just want to go to bed we watch this movie (laughs) that's i mean that's amazing i i you know i figured it was some like kind of just like camaraderie this is such a camaraderie pick i feel like every every person like has a has a movie where they're just like I want to show this group of people and it does help if you're inebriated and I feel like yeah. that was a staple especially for us in college like that was such a let's watch being some inebriated sit. is that what you're saying oh uh, <laughs> yeah for for you guys maybe I would never drink true you guys, true you guys remember podcast. keg week <laughs> do i remember um, we'll keep week. that one in the pocket uh audience just to entice you a little. we what should have another week we should order a keg and do a live like a in-person recording i, I think when we do solder day we should get a keg <gasps> that would be so Whoa. sick dude Wait, that'd that's be a wild great idea. are you kidding me okay so yeah that's why i picked this movie i think when i revisited in college i was kind of like wait I really like this. This is an actually funny movie. Um, I think it has so many good jokes. I think the, like Matt, you mentioned the like creativity behind its production and stuff is so interesting. Um, It's like, as far as I know, fairly unique. Um, And so it like, since revisiting it has always stood out to me as like, Oh, this is like a good movie. It's a movie that I have a sentimental attachment for my childhood. And it also means something to me in my adulthood, which has been fun. That's great. What's it up against? Well, what do you guys think of it? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was kind of captured by my uh, recollection of the first time I saw it. (laughs) Um, He doesn't think of this movie. (laughs) He experiences (laughs) it. No, no, no. Getting to, like, actually rewatch it and um, remember the jokes. (laughs) I had a surprising amount of fun with it. Not that I expected it to be bad. It is, I will say, extraordinarily dumb. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you don't come into this movie expecting like a highbrow comedy. <laughs> it is very creative, mm-hmm. but many of the jokes just amount to like, <laughs> like we're going to dub a funny voice over a character <laughs> from a 1970s Chinese uh, action movie. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hilarious, dude. Loki, one of my favorite moments from this movie watching it this time that I've always thought is funny, but really stuck out to me this time is the ventriloquists. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. That is a good bit. Yeah, it's very funny. It's a movie all about bits. I love it. You know what I mean? Like it's a fun time. Yeah. I think it, I think this is the movie that I have the strongest connection to you in in this bracket. So it was a very pleasurable experience going into it again. Hmm. Nice. Well, it's going up against the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> <laughs> This movie, directed by Steve Barron, radioactive ooze mutates four sewer turtles into talking, upright walking, crime-fighting ninjas, um, named after Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael, and Leonardo. These little turtles got raised by a big talking rat who was trained by his kung fu master or sorry ninjutsu master. It's a commentary about the immigrant experience in America. It's a commentary about (laughs) it is it is for sure. It's a commentary about like the downtrodden. Um, Why you guys think I picked this movie? Uh, Because it's a story about the immigrant (laughs) (laughs) experience in America. And because it, it's a story about the downtrodden, uh, that's that's you took the, the reason why I was laughing before is because you took my answer straight from my route. I was like, that's insane. Uh, Matthew, yeah. what do you think? 
Yeah, as a man who champions many social causes, a film that just really takes those on head on, my guy. The downtrodden, get those sewer boys up out of there. Get them them affordable housing. Get them medical care. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's sick, dude. I also think that um, you probably had some... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures as a kid, and you're like, he's, these are su- he's definitely ass, an action dude. figure kid, a hundred percent. That's like big. Um, and as it seems to be a running theme with every single thing in this bracket, you probably played with said action figures with your brother, and it just like really, or with you know. or with his wife, <laughs> or with his wife. <laughs> Statistically, it's more likely to be his brother. <laughs> Boo! I'm on the wife trade for this one shots on goal man yeah and it it just like opened your third eye um when you watch this and you're like it's like my action figures have come to life um and i'm gonna watch this movie once every five years for the rest of my life truth be told i haven't seen this movie (laughs) since okay what what a dead stop i haven't just want to capitalize on the seth rogan animated movie coming out he's like people are gonna want to talk about it it's all about the buzz you know, it's very me to be thinking about, you know, like, oh, what's going to be the best movie to watch for the podcast? No, I haven't seen this movie probably since I was like six years old. You're both wrong. That's surprising. Even the action figure part? Even no the action figures. I was not an action part? figure kid. Fuck the downtrodden. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this new, new Alex angle is <laughs> pretty sick, dude. So this was a movie that I used to watch on the airplane when my dad had like a little booklet of DVDs and he would bring a DVD player on the airplane and we would watch movies. And I remember this one specifically because it had two discs. It was too big of a movie and it came on two discs. (laughs) And so we would have to watch the first part and then put the second part in. It was too powerful. We had, yeah, this movie was too powerful for one DVD. We had a couple movies that we watched on the plane like this. And this is the one that I ended up picking. Huh? I, you know, I love you. Love you, my friend. Um, how how on <laughs> my brother in Christ? Mm-hmm. How the hell am I supposed to know you watched this movie on airplanes when you were six? To be fair, hey, that that's... was my second guess. I just really thought he championed <laughs> downtrodden. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, what you would you do if we it? got it right? Like, that's weird, I, right? It would have been incredible. Wow. That's um, that's a good point. Anyway. One day I'll be incredible. Comparing, yeah, these but what you guys? Yeah, well, what'd you guys think of this oh. one first? <laughs> oh, this is a cursed option, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this shit bad, <laughs> cursed. I, this Jake, movie's you're not a, a fan. This is just a fever dream for for me. This is one of those movies where I'm sure if I watched it when I was a kid, I'd have a more positive, you know, association with it. But now, as an adult, when I see it, I'm like, oh, oh. See, for me, it's like. This is a movie that is better than it has any right being. The like puppet masks are made by Jim Henson. Yeah, they're like animatronic and like are so expressive. This is the first live action adaptation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ever. Huh. I had I I really like this one. I think it has like surprisingly deep theming throughout. Stuff about how like fascism preys on the weak and the you know, downtrodden. Like, I think this movie mm-hmm. tackles so much more than it has any right to tackle, and I feel like it does a good job with it. That's because of the great source material. I mean, like, Teenage TMMT, 
Like they, they, yeah. I mean, as someone who's studied philosophy, like I thought the, you were going to say the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's the same. Well, that's sentence. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> it, sentence. Why do you think they're called the... Michelangelo and shit? No, wait, those are <laughs> fucking. Those aren't philosophers. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sure they dabbled in philosophy. They all like. Did we, that all shit. Did. we all did. Um, <laughs> wait, yeah, we all did. Wait, why did you say we? What? Anyway, so the two cents I'll throw out is I agree with you that like the masks look great. The turtles look pretty sick. Some of the action's pretty fun. The thing I just can't shake is, I guess, amidst some of this deeper theming that you're catching, I think a lot of the other writing is just not great. Um, yeah. The moment that really stuck with me is mm-hmm. April O'Neil being attacked by a, a group of men with vague Asian accents and her going, what? Am I behind on my Sony payments? Um, And it's just like little bits like that that just kind of, those really stuck with me as like a, Huh. I'll say those Asian accents aren't great. I do think that, like, this movie is just one of the perfect examples where it is just a victim of its time. Yeah, that, that that's maybe kind of what I'm getting at. I don't think this ages well. I, sure, I love the Jim Henson puppeteering. It still doesn't age perfectly well. And you know me, I'm a Henson guy through and through. They look cool, but something about Muppets. it is still technically Muppets- Still technically, like, (laughs) jarring to me. Wow, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are Muppets in this movie. Yeah, and and that's hard. That's hard for me. That's obviously clashing. But I I think that's what bothers me so much about this movie, to where you have something like Kung Pao. I'm going to start comparing them. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. (laughs) And it knows that it's, like, a victim of everything that's happening around it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's trying to be a victim of its time where I think TMNT is not trying to, and trying to be something else. And it fails spectacularly. If, if well, Kung Fu entered the fist, strong, strong line, I wouldn't say fail spectacularly. I would fuck off. I would. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to make my feelings clear. That's all. Cause you, you, oh, are you, you scared of all the TMMT fans that are going to come for us? You're going to give me a major league butt kicking, man. <laughs> it, it is really very odd that Kung Pao enter the fist is on its face. <laughs> like, an extraordinarily built on extraordinarily racist bits. Um, Like the idea of doing like fake Asian voice. One of the movies only like not only, but biggest bits. Mm -hmm. I think the, the way it comes off in TMNT and I'm not trying to say it's like in a, a, like structurally or an inherently racist film. I think it's this idea of like how some of the dialogue and other things have aged. Like, it does it with like a certain degree of earnestness and it just translates very differently than the way that Kung Pao Enter the Fist does it, which I think is very weird. But like, yeah, you know how like the Rush Hour movies, people genuinely are still beloved them. And if you look back in them now, you're like, holy shit, how, how why are we still laughing at this? Like, this is highly problematic. In it's one way pretty problematic on face value. But something about it, people are like, no, that's fine. Like, for some reason, I'm not intelligent enough to, I guess, articulate the exact mode. I think that's the feeling, at least I get, with Kung Pao Enter the Fist. The earnestness is that TMNT is taking itself seriously in those moments. And Kung Pao Enter the Fist is, like, inherently making light of a lot of these things in Mm -hmm. a way that's, like, they're not the butt of the joke, basically. Yeah. 
And also, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say, like, you know, to be fair, we're two white guys and a mixed guy uh, who is not mixed with anything of Asian descent. So there could be people who watch Kung Pao Over the Fist and they're still like, no, that's awful. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, that's certainly. very, very fair. Something I think is wild in TMNT, though, is um, <laughs> uh, that, like, they fucking astrally project. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like they like fucking summon Splinter from the spectral realm. Part of me That's always crazy. felt like is I never that a did power that with they my have? TMNT action figure. <laughs> or is that Splinter? Or is that, is that Splinter? Splinter reaching out? Is yeah. that Splinter like, you know? Because I feel like, I don't know, I'd do anything for that fucking rat. I mean, to be fair, the chosen one does the same thing with Mushu Fasa. Mm. Damn, that's true. Honestly, these films don't have that many p- similar plot elements. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the same movie. You know you know that saying that there's only like three stories in the world or some shit? Yeah. yeah. This is one of them. This is one of them. Which of these movies do you guys think has better action sequences? Low-key, Kung Pao Enter the Fist, I think is my take. <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, it's got unique fights, you know? Because the majority of them are animated into existing fight scenes so it's like they have to adjust for what is already in the movie which just makes it so interesting this like the i, I brought it up like in a media scene talking about compound to the fist this idea of like it is a very creative film in terms of the medium it attempts to tackle of like green screening into an existing film so you're essentially like reworking a pre-existing plot to fit the movie you're trying to make which is wild And to this point you're getting at of like reworking existing action scenes and making them still be like competent action scenes is really fascinating. And so many of the fight scenes become less about just like, I'm going to beat this guy up and more about like, there's like a thing I've got to do while I do that, like pulling off the little iron pyramids to like take away his power or, you know, you fucking squirt out all the stuff from the cow to make it die like <laughs> you know i don't know like that sort of stuff is very wild um not to say that the tmnt action scenes are horrible i think they're generally pretty fun um and shredder was gonna kill them at the end and that was <laughs> and again spoilers power. get wrecked live studio audience <laughs> um at the end of the day though we got to talk about alex here and we got to vote on behalf of what is the more alex movie and i think so that's, do it that's kind of like so do, so do it so do it <laughs> do it I feel like we talked about nothing, but that's okay. I feel like you always say that, and I always feel like that's like not true. I feel like what your know. version of talking about I ha- nothing is I'm so is high-minded like... about what I want to accomplish. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, we have to, like, if we don't portray this, like, 80-paragraph fucking... I don't know why I went 80-paragraph paper, but whatever. If he fine. doesn't talk about Aristotelian philosophy... You brought up the thing. word philosophy. That should be enough for you to, like, say okay, that we talked okay, about Okay, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Jesus vote. Christ. Kong Kong to the Fist. Next. Um, I can take it from here. I am also going to vote for Kung Pao to the Fist. I think for me, you know, as I sat up top, I had no way to know that TMNT, it was the movie you watched as a kid <laughs> on airplanes, but Kung Pao to the Fist, I have like a real attachment mm-hmm. associated with you to this movie personally, but then also like, I do think there is something to this idea of like creative comedy is mm-hmm. something that really resonates with me in terms of like my vision of you, Alex, like you are a comedian that i've always looked up to in a lot of ways so and that's everything i was gonna say but i knew matthew would cover it so yeah i mean you texted me well yeah it's already moving on 
and I have fond memories of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I think I also need to vote for Kung Pao into the fist here. Um, I have a stronger attachment to it now, and so I think that is, you know, something that's important. You're killing your inner child. I think that's beautiful. Kung Pao into the fist, I feel like, still... Still gets that. Still still itches. It scratches that itch. Not itches that scratch. It itches my scratch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's going again. Uh, There are two other movies in this episode that we got to talk about. One of them is The Princess Bride, released in 1987, directed by Rob Reiner. It's the story about Fred Savage, and he's pretty sick, and his his grandpa comes and reads him a story from his childhood. And it's a fairy tale adventure about a beautiful love story and revenge and political intrigue yeah what you guys think of this one or uh why you think i picked it and then also what you think of it i love that you love fantasy stuff i think it's like a really great genre that you know i don't think we've had we've had like one kind of really fantasy on this and it's been lord of the rings on this podcast primarily and that's great and all but i think there is such like the genre is expansive and there's such like just genuine fun examples of it and this is definitely one of them Uh, So I think that this is just one of those timeless things. I think you were on a plane when you were six. And I think (laughs) he's a hero for the downtrodden. He was a hero for the brother. His wife and brother would like it. And did I cover all my bases? Um... (laughs) I think for for me, the Princess Bride is is a movie that makes me feel very good. Mm -hmm. Feel good movie. Yeah, it's a, a feel good movie that is like funny and heartwarming and in a lot of ways, those are things I associate with you, you, Alex. You are just like a very positive person to be around. Like you make me feel better about me. I think you are a very funny, heartwarming person. I don't think that you picked a movie <laughs> to put in your own bracket because other people will make it like it'll make other people think of you. Um, so I'm sure it is something to do with like one of the relationships that matters a lot in your life. <laughs> Thus far, the running theme has been your brother and um, albeit one time he, your wife. You're getting more and more broad. You know, he's just covered all of his bases. <laughs> like he like literally. Yeah, Matt, Matt, I can't believe you just covered all your bases. And that's the only thing you said for this. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Thank you. Honestly, I just like this movie a lot. I watched it a lot as a kid, not really specifically with anyone. Um, it's just always been kind of a favorite of mine. Damn. Even covering our bases got it wrong. <laughs> I kind of was right. I'll say it. I kind of was right. <laughs> Truth be told, I just kind of think this is like, honestly, one of the best movies ever made. Wow. I like really love it. I think it's so funny. I think it is, you know like a good love story it's a nice rom-com it's Mm -hmm. like a good action movie i think it's one of the best depictions of revenge in any film it's like in i feel like movies don't do this anymore where it's a story of revenge but rather than the character who's like out for revenge like learning something new and then forgiving the person in the end like no like an ego gets his revenge and it's good and it like is satisfying and i feel like that's so rare in stories nowadays but what do you guys think of this movie i love this movie it's amazing (laughs) you know i realized i had an epiphany upon watching this movie to my knowledge to my this is you know based on jake memory i don't think i've ever seen this movie all the way through what that's crazy. I just feel it. Maybe look, and and this isn't. I'm not trying to knock on this movie because spoiler alert, I did really enjoy it. But 
it, I guess maybe it wasn't memorable for me. I remember vividly the first like 30, 40 minutes to a T. When I got to the back half, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, do I not remember this? I remember everything up to the fire swamp. Then it's like kaput. And I was like, I just, I didn't remember it. And I'm like, what? I swear I've seen The Princess Bride out of all movies. Are you kidding me? I remember loving The Princess Bride. I, I often, when people talk about it, I'm like, that's a good movie. I only remember the first 30 minutes when I was growing up. I, I've seen it all now. You know, wow. but like it blew my mind where I was watching. I was like, have I never seen it? And part of me is like, no, there's no way. Maybe when I was a kid and I'm just, you know, growing older and, you know, time marches forward and I can't march backwards. So, like, you know, I'm inevitably going to the void. But like, you know, it was wild to me. I enjoyed it. There are some things where I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't remember it in this context. Uh, sort of a deal. Some lines stick it out to me. Um, some things, it, a lot of just funny, funny bits. Again, the second half felt new to me, so I laughed a lot at those bits because they felt That's new. So fun, nice. But then I had like this awful, awful revelation where I realized the real reason Alex picked this movie, and it's because it was for Matthew. It was for Matthew because Wesley, the actor who plays him, is Doctor Lawrence in the Saw movies. Because <laughs> he wanted to trigger an experience. Well, well, well. <laughs> Jake, you've walked right into my genius trap. Oh, Dr. No. Gordon. Oh, no. Oh, a film that came out, <laughs> what, 15 years before the first Saw? And it's all to be revealed that it builds up to this one moment <laughs> where the Princess Bride would be my transition into talking about Saw. Oh, that's you. basically the logic the Saw movies make, though. Like, it's like the same... And Dr. Gordon was helping me the whole time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyway, yes. Yeah, no, that is. Uh, that no, is it just blew my mind. Because I looked up all the actors like after this just to see like, you know, like, I don't know what they were doing. Oh, shit. You know what I forgot to mention for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rip? The lead like kid gang member in Shredder's gang is Sam Rockwell. Whoa! Isn't that crazy? Damn! Okay. I, if I would have known that, I would have voted the other way. You know I'm a big rockhead. <laughs> um, but with all that said, Princess Bride is not alone in the second half here. It is going up against What We Do in the Shadows. Damn. The 2014 New Zealand mockumentary horror comedy film directed by Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement. It follows the adventures of five vampires living in a house in New Zealand, their roommates, and they're getting ready for the undead ball. This is like such a good, funny slice of life movie. They, of course, made it into a TV show. Mm -hmm. Great TV show as well. Yeah, great TV show. Why do you guys think I swapped my pick for this movie? I have another just personal connection with this with you. Uh, this is just one of the I think this is one of the first from a, like a comedy perspective that we like 
bonded over like this type of you know fly the concord what we do in the shadow basically the new zealand comedy scene i guess because <laughs> you know there's not a lot of that why the hell are they so funny over there they're what so the heck? fucking hilarious so over good. there and i think this is one of the thing, first things we bonded over you know we would write about this stuff like we would like talk about it uh i think this is to this is like for me encapsulates a lot of how i see your comedic voice so that's how i'm i'm leaving into it yeah, admittedly, I do not have the same immediate connection. Like it was not. Thanks for I, admitting I didn't, it. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm only ever honest. <laughs> Remember, this isn't a visual <laughs> medium, so the the sly look you gave to me is just for me. That's true. That's true. Um, and now that you told everyone, but there, there Dr. is Doctor Gordon. Come on out. No. Game he over. was helping the whole time. I mean, that would be dumb if that was the twist. <laughs> Why do I feel like that's the twist in that's several twist. Saw movies? Uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but this idea of this film encapsulating some piece of your comedic voice, there is a lot of this that reads like they were, I don't want to say disjointed sketches, but like transitioning from like scene to scene. A lot of them are structured around a particular comedic bit. And that like sketch writing process or that sketch process is something I associate very, very heavily. You, Alex, like you are tremendously funny. This is a tremendously funny movie. It holds a lot of those elements. I'm sure this was a film that you just think is very funny and like one that you like a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is a movie that I think is very funny. I picked it largely because I saw it for the first time when I was considering doing comedy for real for the first time. And so nice. it was like a big, big inspiration Quinn. there. Yeah. Big Jake um, and so then no, oh. I, I take it. I take that. <laughs> and then, you know, bonding with Jake about this movie and comedy in general uh, and Matt as well. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll always have the Kool-Aid man, Matthew. No, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure we've talked about it a little bit. So, honestly, hey, let's just dive right in. Let's just dive right well, in. Well, okay, so here's my issue with, with this matchup and just with what we do in the shadows in general existing. I fucking love this movie. This is like a top-tier movie, and I need to separate my love for it, just genuinely thinking like it's a fantastic movie, and just think, what is the most Alex movie this is the one i'm going to struggle the most with this is a hard matchup i need to separate my own feelings for what we do in the shadows and also like need to know like this is the alex bracket this is like where my ah crisis goes i think for me it's even especially hard looking through that lens of just like alex movies to me they both represent very important pieces of who you are Mm-hmm. You know, doing comedy for real idea it, it, essentially in one way or another, just like I planned for Dr. Gordon to be brought up in this episode. <laughs> one way or another, like led to the three of us doing this show, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like comedy is such an important piece of like the way that I see you as a person, but just as well, The Princess Bride is so fundamentally like a heartwarming and just like pleasant thing. Yeah, and that's Alex in a nutshell, genuinely. Yeah, like, I, I associate so much of that with you as well, you know? So it, it makes it so tough. <laughs> and I do remember that one time, Matthew, I don't know if you remember this, where you got stabbed in the chest. You got stabbed in the chest and Alex turned to you and we totally could have stopped the, you know, muggers. We totally could stop them. He turned to you and he said, 
there there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. It'd be a shame if those <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, that was the most crazy line to come out of The Princess Bride. And that was in the second yeah. half, so it felt new to me. I might have heard it before, but it felt very new to me. And I was like, holy hell, that is insane. And I kind of love the line. Anyway, I just need to get that out. Here's my thing about The Princess Bride. Because I didn't remember until I rewatched it this time how much of a comedy it is. Like, it's a really funny movie. I, of course, always remembered it for, like, the love story. I remember it for, like, the fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Like, Wesley in the end, like, being unable to move and, like, paralyzed. And he's, like, rolling his head around mm-hmm. every time he has to talk to someone. is so funny. Billy Crystal is in this movie and is, like, Hilarious. funny and not cheesy, you know? Like, it's just, it's good. It's just a really good movie. I My favorite part... Like the funniest I laughed out loud was when he got, she pushed him down the hill. She pushed Wesley down the hill. And he's like, as you wish. And she's like, oh God. And so she just yeets herself. She just dives. She yeets herself (laughs) off the hill. No heroic dive. No, she tumbles in the same exact way as if she got pushed. And I just like, that is so stupid. That is so hilarious. I love every, I was like, what did she do? She could have paralyzed herself or something. So wild to me. Wild it's to me. It's so good. Um, it has like the best sword fight ever. You know, the scene between Wesley and Inigo Montoya on top of the cliff. Love oh, that scene. So I just, I, maybe I just love the beginning of this film because I, I don't hate the second half of the film. I, I overall enjoy the film. I think the part that bothered me is that all of a sudden I like started to realize like things where like it kind of like took me out of it with like, the the princess bride she like all of a sudden upon learning that he is wesley all of a sudden she just becomes like almost like useless like she was like fighting off she was swimming away she was pushing people she was not like you know talking her shit and then like in the fire swamp she just like he gets attacked by those uh rodents of unusual size hilarious by the way (laughs) and she just like stands there and then she gets a tree branch and i thought she was gonna hit it she just like rustles its teeth and then he has to do, like, everything. And then the whole other time, he's like, he's going to save me. It's like, watch it. And I get how it's classic fantasy and all stuff. It just, like, started to, like, piss me off how much she did it. And for that, I think the second half just, like, took it out for me. I love the revenge stuff with Inigo. I was so happy with when he and, uh, was it Physic or, or what's the, Andre the Giant? I get their names. Fezzik. Fezzik. Love those characters so much. They're so amazing. They're so sweet. But I, I just think... Something about that took it out of me in that second half. And so maybe like that's the reason. Because the first half, I love it. No notes. Great. See, for me, I think it's like a what I really like about Buttercup's story is the first half of the movie, she is like dejected, depressed. Like, yes, she tries to escape, but it's always like very, I don't know, like there's no light in her, right? Like it's just, it's cold. Right. And then she finds out Wesley's alive and it's like there's a burning passion in her. And like, yeah, she's not like fighting necessarily, but she's like you can tell by the way that she talks that she has like this defiance in her that I really like. But talking about what we do in the shadows, honestly, I think my favorite part of this movie and I'm interested to see what you guys think, too, is what would your vampire outfits be? Because I think theirs are all really good. I, you know, I'm going just like naked because who's gonna challenge me 
(laughs) (laughs) I always think that, like, if I'm an immortal being, like, if I genuinely can't die or can't, and I'm powerful too, like, I can probably get out of the way of the authorities easily. Who's going to challenge me? No one. Mm. Maybe with Mm. Birkenstocks. That seems more Jake. So nude Birkenstocks. I've seen that exact outfit several times. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you didn't didn't need to be a vampire to show that one off to us. <laughs> as far as you guys know, I feel like I would do similar to what what's the character's name? Nick. I would do like a Nick and I'd be wearing like a Freddie Mercury jacket kind of thing. It's good. I'm sure my style would change over time. I'd be stealing a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd be like Laszlo from the TV show version. Camp Ooh, Laszlo? Gosh. From Camp Laszlo? <laughs> He'd yeah. wear a little camper outfit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's where my brain went. Look, we gotta talk no, about okay. what's the more Alex here, because I'm genuinely torn with it, and we, we gotta vote here very soon. Well, Alex, how do you make heads or tails of these? <sighs> it's it's pretty tough. What We Do in the Shadows is a movie that like came to me at a very specific time in my life, and it really resonated with me. But I think The Princess Bride's kind of in an, in the opposite way is a movie that I've always had. And every time yeah. I revisit it, there's like something new in there that really stands out to me. It does feel timeless for you. And that's like a really beautiful thing. And I love those movies where you watch them when you're younger and then you watch them when you're a little older and then a little older and then a little, like there's something really magical about that. Yeah. I definitely feel that. I think it represents a lot of, I guess, like you've kind of mentioned, Matt, like how I portray myself of like, mm-hmm kind heartfelt like heart of my sleeve but i think it also has like those comedy elements that i think aren't i don't think i would have realized or i've never realized before how funny this movie is until i've watched it now that i am like at this point in my life right yeah i don't know I've, but at the same time what we do in the shadows is so funny i've been trying so hard to write some sort of vampire comedy thing and i watch this movie and every time i'm like god i just want to write this but it already exists and it makes me angry but the, they're still going they, they need writers you know yeah tv show yeah. rules but i think we're at that point so matt you Me? you are cursed. Yeah, you it is it is time. you this time. Yeah, that is true. That's true. That's true. I think I'm going to vote for the Princess Bride. And I'm going to just make it difficult on you and do what we do in She's the shadows. Between your children. Ah, She's yeah. between your children. Oh, this is so hard. Um I'm voting for Uh-huh so hard um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take take 10 seconds matthew say our say our sponsor thank you so much to okay we're out of time so alex what do you want to vote for? Uh, i'm gonna vote for i'm rolling dice princess bride i'm voting for princess bride here Woo! um truly could have gone either way it actually came down to fate so with that Next episode, we've got Kung Pao Enter the Fist versus The Princess Bride, two movies that have been with me for most of my life. And then Shrek versus Jurassic Park. So lots of fun. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to follow us on social media at Tough Cut Pod. If you liked it, you should share it with a giant that you know. Share it with the largest person you know. The largest person you know. Um, Follow us on social media at Tough Cut Pod. We're on all of your favorites. (laughs) Follow us on all your favorite podcasting <laughs> platforms. Um, rate and review the show. All that jazz. Jake, what um, do we say at the end? Oh, 
uh, scuba my fish. <laughs> I, know, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> well, you, we say it. We cut it every time, so it's probably not going to make this episode. 